heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Oh, and just like that, we are back. Welcome to episode number 13 of the YWC Football Podcast. Phil is here. I'm here. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, but before we start talking about anything major, I want to bring into this thing I just found on my Facebook before we started recording, which is from the New England Patriots, but it reflects to the whole NFL. After announcing that the NFL teams had four, uh, had approved a playoff extent, expansion to 14 teams, NFL Executive Vice President Jeff Pash confirmed that the league is moving forward with the 2020 season as planned on a conference call with reporters. All our focus has been on a normal traditional season, playing on time, playing in front of fans in our regular stadiums, said Pash. The league, not, the league did discuss possible virtual off-season programs as a contingency plan should teams be limited with what their in-person programs are able to accomplish, but otherwise expect, expectations at this point is still that the 2020 season will go off as planned, including the, the slate of international games. Also discussed were the television rights for two additional playoff games an extension of the broadcasting deal with Amazon through the 2022 season, as well as tracking of injuries during the offseason and preseason to help with prevention. And also to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network reported that the 2020 schedule is scheduled to be released no later than May 9th. Um, the one thing I want to get off the hop right away, four, 12, four, the playoff race now goes from 12 to 14. The football fan in me loves it because who would say no to more football? But the reporter in me, because look, we're not we do this for fun, but we're working our way up to the top. Hate if you want to hate. But that part of me goes that two crappy teams are gonna get in the playoffs and also to losing a bye, like that means that games are gonna be much more important now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh exactly what you said. I think I'm not. I'm just not a big fan overall um, of the of adding playoff teams. Just because I mean, some teams barely get a team sometimes in there, in as it is, and then you're adding another, you know, and then that's you know, just wait for a seventh seed to just you know walk all the way to the like to get in there hot and 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 go all the way and win the Super Bowl. I mean, to say that it's not going to happen, you're you're fooling yourself. It's probably going to take a while, but it might happen uh, eventually. Uh, it's definitely a possibility with the six seeds that have won before. So I don't know. I, I don't like the. It's not so much that they're adding the the extra team, but it's more so of the fact that like a second team doesn't get a buy. Uh, it does prevent. It does create. I think we talked about this a little bit last uh, briefly when we mentioned it about you know that it does you know briefly or it does make people uh, on week seventeen you know want to play more play starters more because they're i mean there's only going to be one team that's buying for the for the buy but to me that that makes it even less uh important to get oh well, i say you can make it i guess technically it's more important to get the buy but what i'm saying about less is that so you're going to be the one team the only team to rest your starters the only team because you know a two three seat you know it's like what well, you know you're not going to rest your starters if you're not getting a bye week so uh, you gotta keep your your players fresh. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I'm open to it. I just I don't know. It's gonna be. I mean, obviously, I assume they're cutting down the preseason. They haven't announced that any any official capacity that I've saw. But go ahead if you if you uh, want to chime in on that. Um, not that I haven't seen anything about the preseason yet. I feel like once they add in another a week eighteen, if you will, of the uh, regular season, they will chop down the preseason. Um, the one thing I want to say about this, though, with the adding the extra team is, remember last year how there was the there was the AFC, there was everything too, where sure Baltimore had the buy locked up, but then you had this great race of oh, is Kansas City going to get the two seed? Is it going to be New England? Like ultimately, Kansas City got the two seed and went to the Super Bowl, but then now um, you know how everybody says to or not everybody, but everybody knows this that getting the buy in the NFL playoffs is the most important thing because look. I think it's been every season since 2013, the two teams representing their conferences in the Super Bowl have been the teams of the bye. 
I think if you're eventually seeing one seed versus one seed, you're going to get sick and tired of that. My only hope for this is that it does lead to 16, so we can bring back the two-by system. Because also, look, think about this. You have two versus seven, which I'm going to look at the standings from last year just because I'm really curious now to see what those matchups would have been. I'm pretty sure it would have been the uh, Steelers getting the one-by and the... Uh, oh, who would have gotten the other by? Um... Let's no, the Steelers wouldn't, Steelers wouldn't have got a bye. Yeah, I think the Steelers would have gotten the bye, but um, I'm trying to think about who the NFC. The seventh spot. They would have got the seventh spot, not the yeah. bye. Yeah, no, the Steelers would have gotten the seventh spot. Excuse me. Um, but the uh, – let's just scroll here. Regular season standings. Let's go to wild card or conference. Yeah, so we would have had Kansas City versus Pittsburgh in the AFC, and then in the NFC we would have had Green Bay versus the Rams. For all you know – Look, if Kansas City doesn't get that bye, there's a chance, like, I think they still would have beaten the um, Pittsburgh Steelers, but you never know. And same thing with there. Like, make the, it, the, the I two under- places seven in that format? It would be two versus seven, three versus six, and then four versus five. Okay, so one, yeah, because one, one has the bye. Never mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what I was yeah. saying. Um, the only other news I saw with this is that, um, and this is a pretty big no shit Sherlock for it happening, but... NBC, along with their new online streaming service, Peacock, will be getting the Sunday night game. And I say that because NBC, Sunday night football, it goes hand in hand. Um, The only other point I want to make about this, too, is just players that, like, I remember last year, this was a big point with San Francisco. They didn't have their bye since week four, played for three months straight, then got that week off, which was crucial for them. If you have a team like that, it just means that, look, they're going to win to that wild card, banged up, tired. I think there's going to be a bit of backlash from this, especially from that team who, like, what if a two-seed has, like, what if it's Kansas City this year where it was, they fought back from adversity, like, with the Pat Mahomes injury and everything. They went on this amazing run towards the end, got that bye, beat L.A., Miami, beat New England, obviously. Teardrop. But, and then they go in and then they lose to Kansas City. They're going to be pissed. It's not like Baltimore, because like Baltimore ultimately, and I will always credit Phil for this, because Phil called it out from the spot that they shot themselves in the foot by resting Week 17. But if a team, like 2-3, like say if Kansas City and New England last year, neither one of them's getting the bye, Baltimore's already got it locked up, you're going to be getting them just playing like foot, like meaningless, who cares football. Like Even though obviously you're going to want to try to play the 2, so you're playing the 7 seed, I, there's a lot of pros and cons to this. Yeah, it, I mean... Unless, uh, the only thing I could see, like, unless somehow the, I mean, the two seed just isn't that good that year or something in the seven seed. I don't, I mean, it, 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 I mean, sometimes it's matchups, but I don't know. It's going to be one of those things. I mean, I don't, I mean, like I said, initially I'm kind of like, really, we need more, I mean, might as well make half the freaking league play in the <laughs> play. It's almost half already. Fourteen's pretty, yeah, <laughs> it's close, it's close. You add in two more teams well. and it's going to be, which I think eventually will happen because if you bring in another playoff team, even though to that 7-8 situation, let's see, three versus eight, four versus, so yeah, if you basically, I was just thinking about it, say if they add in to this to eight, you're going to have a wild card team hosting a playoff game, that fifth seed hosting the sixth seed. But then I think they may do that so they can bring back the two-by system because I think there will be a lot of complaints from teams about the only one-by. One-by, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's down the road. But, um, I mean, they're already talking about expen- you know, adding another game as far as the regular season. If they do that, I've heard rumors of two-by weeks. I don't know if you've heard that um, throughout the week. So, it's like – or throughout the season, sorry. So, I mean, I'm not sure how, how that would work. It's just a lot. I mean, who knows? You know, it's, I mean, if you're sitting here talking about this, who knows if we even get football this year. So, <laughs> um, I hope, I hope. Um, the one thing I actually wanted to bring up with, um, let's just to get away from the playoff format because there's not a whole lot to talk about, and even too, like, with me going there and then just passing the torch to Phil because I literally ran out of things to say. Um, the one thing I want to discuss, though, with the whole, um, with are we playing football, there may be three teams who aren't going to be playing in their current homes because – I know the state of California is on lockdown. I don't know what the situation is like in Nevada, but there's a chance that SoFi Stadium and Allegiant Stadium aren't ready in time for the regular season. Like, they're supposed to open in three months, but now construction's being halted because I know I know in the province of Ontario where I live, it's only construction on, like, essential sites. Like, say, for example, like a hospital's being built or, like, other like something that's going to be an essential service. I don't think a sporting venue is considered an essential service, so... If, and this is the, like for the LA teams, it's not a problem. But we could be seeing Oakland back in Oakland for 2020. 
Just yeah, could, that, no, that's an interesting point, Griff. Yeah. I didn't even think about that because, um, I mean, I, I would think that they're probably going to expedite it if, like, you know, expedite, expedite the building uh, when it, when they're able to get the clear. But um, even then, it still could push. I mean, because I've said, I mean, if you're expecting to have anything before June, uh, like anything done in general in life, like you know, outside of your basic stuff, uh, you should go ahead and, you know, <laughs> not expect it because nothing – the earliest is June. That's just locked down right now. If it changes, it's going to be even further. Um, and really, you could probably push it to July to be completely safe. But um, And I don't even know. We, who knows if that's going to happen? Because um, so many people are like, I'll even admit our freaking state's behind the behind the, the totem pole. Now, you know, we're freaking finally uh, cutting off all uh, non-essential stuff. Um, so we'll see how that's going to go. I don't know. I feel like it's going to make my job busier because of Target. But I'm thankful to have a job nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what what affects. There's going to be so many. We talked about this before on the on the previous podcast about the fact that just there's so many different effects that this is going to uh, take uh, a hold. And I mean, sports are on hold right now. So, um, yeah, mania is gone. I mean, we talked about that um, briefly as well. And and uh, shout out to me for actually predicting that they would do the two night thing. Um, <laughs> I was like, hey, this might be the year they're, they're finally they'll finally try it. Hopefully, this is just a one time thing. I don't want them doing that when there's live crowds, but uh, hopefully, they don't try to stick to that. But the other thing I wanted to mention quickly, you know how I said SoFi Stadium. If say for example, if everything ends up being on lockdown, because me realistically thinking, and sorry to cut you off by the way, me me not realistically, me hopefully and wishfully thinking, I was hoping that everything would be fine by around the Memorial Day weekend, which Victoria Day for myself, a Canadian. Um, the double or nothing weekend. I was hoping that stuff would be fine by then, but the more you think about it, I think it's realistically more or less around the first day of summer, which is around June 18th, 19th period, when you probably will start to see stuff getting normal again. And if the, like, just going back to the stadium, because, like, with, obviously, and also because um, SoFi Stadium was supposed to host the Super Bowl in 2021. Imagine if they still had it going there, but then they were, like, having to find a contingency plan less than a year away because on like we know the, the Olympics got pulled in Tokyo the next summer. I think moving a Super Bowl is a would be a very difficult thing for the NFL to do just logistically, financially, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But even if the stadium isn't ready too, I feel like that's why the schedule usually comes out in about 2 weeks. I know I'm muttering, I'm going off different tangents. If you don't know me by now, that's what I do. Um with Tom Pelissero saying the schedule may not be available until May 9th the latest. I think the NFL right now is kind of having that plan in place of, oh, what if the stadiums are not ready in time? Because otherwise your only other plan is what you're going to have. Like, say if it's like, oh, hey, we can have it built, but they're going to have to go on the road for the first four games of the season. Like, there's just a lot, I think, a lot running through the NFL's mind right now of like, hey, we want to go on. But I think in the back of their minds, they're just keeping everything like, hey, shit may change. Like, it's like everything. Shit's changing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, and we don't know until the next day. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> everything. Anything can change uh, from day to day. So we'll just see what happens when it comes. Yeah, and also too, the um, NFL draft is going on as planned. It's on. It's obviously not going to be in Las Vegas in front of a crowd of thousands of people anymore. Just because, honestly, for like the next little while, that's not the right thing to do. But for the NFL GMs who are complaining about like, oh, we don't want it to happen right now. We don't know what's going on. You're literally making a phone call. It's what your job description is to make phone calls to call in the pick. So the only thing I can see happening with the NFL draft this year is, you know, you just see a war room packed with like probably 20 to 30 people. I think you'll probably only have like very essential personnel in the war rooms of the draft, like the owner, coach, general manager, obviously, plus maybe a few scouts here and there. But for the NFL GMs to kind of say, we don't want the draft to go on as planned, which actually is in three weeks from now. April 23rd, we're going to have, I got to go off this because I keep saying this, we're going to do this, I'm going to have NFL drafts getting back on, Phil, I, we're going to have others on, we're going to break this draft down and make our mock drafts, and then we'll react to it, but also too, um, with they were saying, like, I understand Roger Goodell saying, oh hey, don't, like, no one's allowed to say negative about the draft still going on as forward, like, I don't honestly never had a problem with them. Like, oh, hey, you can't, like, like, what's so wrong about holding the draft? Like, it's not like you're in front of a crowd of people. It's literally you're in your team's headquarters. I, I get that point. Um, my, only, my only caveat to that is just, like, 
how does like how do teams commit to a guy that they're not able to go see personally? It, it just it affects a lot. Um, I I don't see the harm in pausing the draft for a month. You know, I don't see the harming it in it. I think there is harm in doing it and and, and it not working out. I get what you're. I totally get what you're saying. You know, you can do virtual stuff. That's not no one has to be together. But it's just to me, I don't see the I don't see the harm in, in postponing it. At least put, pushing it back a month and keep pushing it back until you know for sure. Because um, then you could really you don't have any worries. Like you don't want this to affect to now affect the team, and then the team and it, it could be a long lasting effect, which is what's going to happen in the real world anyway. But if you can prevent it from happening because you waited it out, it could it could benefit your your season going forward. You know you don't want rookie. I don't want rookie people. I don't want people getting their first chance in the NFL and it being ruined because they you know didn't. I mean obviously conditioning and all that's on them, but um, I don't know. It's just it's something to think about. I think that they the NFL. I get you know going along with it and and being able to do it, um, but when every other sport shut down, it kind of I don't know. I mean, the NBA may have to move their draft because they're not even they don't have a season right now. Um, so I just feel like I don't know. It just doesn't. It's not a good look. Not that I'm saying they're coming out of it or coming through it in like, in like bad intentions, but I don't think it's a good look when it's like literally name another sporting event, even if it's not an event. Obviously, like you said, fans aren't going to be in attendance and yeah. people. But I don't know. It's, it's going to be. It's gonna be difficult. I, I don't know. I, feel, I mean, they said they're gonna do it now. I don't see them changing their mind unless somebody tells them something different. But unless like the states were to go into like a total lockdown, like China did or Italy did, I don't see them changing it. And also, too, with me saying like, "Oh, agreeing with it," that's me just wanting content. That's me just wanting to. You know what? I think if they can do the draft, you can have NFL Network. Which honestly, I've watched so much NFL Network in the last two weeks. And also, too, I was just going back and, like, looking at games and looking at film and stuff of various players and teams, and just, it's been good. But the reason why I kept saying, too, oh, they should keep the draft as well is because, I, let, me, let me change the subject, let me change the subject. I agree with you in the sense of, I think that if you push it back a month, it's not the worst thing in the world, and also, too, it's going to be difficult for teams to make their selection why because you can't have an in-person interview so there's probably gonna be a lot of skype interviews there's probably gonna be players working out at their college facility still with like they'll probably be able to get in and just like do some throwing drills like what we saw with Tua. but i think you're gonna see a lot less risky picks in the first round where you have a pick that just comes out of left field like the daniel jones pick for the new york giants last year when they could have had i believe it was josh allen out of kentucky so i think you're gonna see a lot more teams playing it safe which is a good thing, but it's a bad thing at the same time too because it's like, oh hey, we could have reached out and gotten this player, but we don't know enough about him yet. You may not have that marquee Patrick Mahomes moment in the first round where, like a guy like who Philip and I have been pumping his tires a lot on this podcast recently is Jalen Hurts, where you may not see him go like, obviously he's not a first round pick, he's going to go in the second, maybe third round. But I think that's the only con to this is that you're going to see a lot more safe bets made like they're gonna be like oh no like are you sure you want to make this big and it's like yeah 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 the thing about the nfl draft that does make it exciting though is when you see those left field picks come out of nowhere and then those guys end up being great like how this year for daniel jones he actually does have a pretty good ceiling it's not like me a year ago when i was laughing my ass off at all the sour giants fans out there now like it's like hey look new york's on the come up and come up but at the same time, too, it's one of those things where I'm just like, look, I want to have something to talk about because if the NFL draft goes on pause for a month, you may not see Phil and I for a month because there's not going to be a lot to talk about. But now that the NFL draft's going forward as planned, you best believe we're going to be recording some stuff in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, it's just like, you know, you're not, I don't, I think you're going to get less uh, reaches. And then also, you know, now, now, teams have done their scouting, you know, obviously during the college football season, so they didn't miss on, out on that or anything like that. But, like, you know, there's guys that – there's. I mean, you've heard story after story about how managers have fallen in love with a guy when they've talked to him, um, you know, and, and things like that. So I just think that, you know, that connection and was like, hey, this is our guy, I feel like there's going to be more or less of that and then and there's going to be more of just taking value at that position. Um, not, not maybe not, not with all picks, but some picks are going to go straight for the value because you, that's all you have to go by. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't see them changing that. So talking about them moving is probably a mute point. But um, I just, you know, I mean, it would have to get significantly worse for them to change it, I guess. But 
We'll see. I mean, the draft is is interesting, and we can talk about it as if it's going to happen until it doesn't. So, um, like I said, you know, like it's there's so times. many different avenues to this, but you know how a lot of people are telling McMahon to cancel WrestleMania, and he was just probably like, "Oh, the show must go on." Like he didn't see like, "Oh, hey, we got to do this." I think Adele's in the same way too. Like, I think the fact that free agency wasn't delayed was a big indicator that the draft was still going to go on. Uh, just because, look, like if you say if you did free agency, you have all this chaos now. Pushing the schedule back is completely understandable because, like we said, we uh, don't know where it's going. Um, another point I wanted to make about that when you said well, earlier with the two, okay. go on. I was just, just going to because you said something about free agency, but yeah. that has affected free agency because you have guys like Cam Newton and guys like Jadavian Gene- Clowney, Winston, guys that like might actually get a ch- chance if they were able to be seen in person. Uh, taken by the own do- uh, the team that particular team's doctors also doing tests so that those are three guys that are out there that would probably have a job by now um the one thing i want to point out about that is um actually i think that's more likely with winston and newton Clowney is a money issue apparently apparently from what i've yeah, read it's it's, right. he wants to get paid like he's an aaron donald or a jj watt when in reality Clowney's good but he did not live up to the potential that we saw when he was a gamecock and you can vouch for that best out of but I, as a gamecock fan like he did that and, like he would like if he when he was on there's no one better there's and, and everyone has said that that's why he was the number one pick in the draft because when he's on it's you know, but when he decides, no, this play doesn't matter to me. He's he's just an average defensive end or an average outside linebacker. However, you have him in your system, so that's the problem. And that and without a team being able to like, you know, it's like you can't act, like go there and prove yourself. And in Seattle, I mean, he did kind of prove himself, but it's not enough to where it's like people are going to spend. You know, I think he wanted like I think I heard like what twenty million a year or something like that, like big money for a defensive end. So. And with a guy like Clowning this back and like he's literally a roller coaster, and he was like that in Carolina even even then. But his explosiveness was just too good to pass up. Like like I said, his upside was insane. So you know, but uh, I mean, like I said, I mean Cam Newton. I I am almost confident. One hundred. I'm pretty actually pretty darn confident that Newton would be would have a position somewhere right now if it would if they were able to check him um but with the question marks I wouldn't touch him either right now like if the Pats if it came out and the Pats signed him I would be I'd be like I mean I have to be I have to look at the positive I'm always going to be a positive fan more so than a negative fan but I would be like I don't know we'll see I was like obviously like I said I'd be optimistic about it but the negative side of me would be like He's hurt. If he's Newton, if he's old Newton, great. If he's if he's Newton that we got ran out of Carolina, I don't want to touch him with a thin foot ten foot pole. And I'd rather see what we have instead of him in that case. So, um, which we're going to get to in a minute. But that's just you know that's just the times we're. In. I mean, I, I wouldn't touch him right now just because it's too much risk. Yeah, it was the NFL. It was a, an article from NFL.com actually that I was reading up as you were going on that rant about Clowney, um, written by uh, Kevin Patra around the NFL writer. Basically, it's and also look at the fact too that like look what the um, Colts got for DeForest Buckner, like which huge acquisition for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they had to give him a first rounder too, but then I think Clowney was expecting his thing to mold. But when here's the big thing that I saw with him: when healthy, Clowney can be a menace. When there is a big what if or a, a when he's like this, it's like Joel Embiid in the NBA. When Joel Embiid is 100% healthy, one of the best centers in the NBA, when he's hurt or when he doesn't feel like playing well, he's average and he gets in a lot of criticism. That's where I think the clowny market hasn't been that big for because, look, you have a, this great edge rusher. He's got the speed. He's got the agility. He can get around a lineman. But, man, like, it's the same thing, too. Like I'd do the same thing with Cam Newton. I'd be like, are we getting 2015 Cam Newton? Or are we getting the last, like you said, the Cameron that just got ran out of Carolina? I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a new coach and it's new management and also a new owner as well. But at the yeah, same time, too. Yeah. yeah, because Matt, I think Matt Rule wants his own guy, which he did in Teddy Bridgewater. And um, also, too, I, 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 let's just get rid of Cam talk. The one thing I was laughing at, it, it, it is a good signing for this team, but. Man, the NFC South next year is going to be deadly, especially with Todd Gurley going to L.A., but that's the same thing, too. If Todd Gurley is healthy, Atlanta's running game is going to be good because obviously Gurley is better than Freeman, but we saw Todd Gurley bite a lot of people in the ass fantasy-wise last year. 
Yeah, I mean, the Gurley signing is very interesting. I mean, you, Freeman was a huge part of that offense, too. Yeah. Um, so the fact that Freeman's not there. Freeman hasn't been signed yet. Has, I, don't I haven't th- heard that. I'm going to look that up right now. Um, so I haven't seen Freeman get signed anywhere. But we, for Gurley, I mean, and a lot of teams, we've seen it sometimes. Now, it doesn't. other times we just, we're, we're kind of proven right. But sometimes, we, you know, you see a player get a new resurgent and, and have, like, at least one good year in him. I could see Gurley having one power year. I don't know if that, what that's going to do for the Falcons. I mean, Gurley did a lot for the Rams, but at the same time, did the Rams really get to the Super Bowl because of him? You can make the argument that they didn't really need him. <laughs> I mean, didn't I mean you can make that argument. Early, obviously, earlier years, while they were even in contention, was Gurley was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that kind of they they were kind of already switching away from that. I mean, what was his name? Uh, I can't think of his first name, but Anderson was huge in the playoffs yeah. for them that year. So, and then they got rid of him, and then they were going off Daryl Henderson, like the Rams. The Rams, are, yeah, the, the Rams are just a problem child in the NFC West where it was a year ago you had this great dynasty. Well, I'm going to say, I didn't mean to say dynasty, but you had this great team with all this potential. Arguably should not have been in the Super Bowl. That's I'll live and die on that hill. That it should have been Patriots Saints in that Super Bowl. But after that Super Bowl, once they got exposed, look, the rest of the league figured out Sean McVay. Once Bill Belichick cracked that code, like they went from being, I think, twelve and four or thirteen and three to a nine and seven team. Like they were losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which for everybody saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl, pump the brakes. I'm <laughs> as much brakes. as I love Tom. New Orleans is just. I still think New Orleans is the class of that division, unless Breeze goes down with an injury. Then we'll see what Taysom Hill's really made of. The thing I love, yeah. Griff, about that yeah. is the fact that all these questions, like, I didn't, I, like, for me as a Brady guy, like, I trust Brady, but, like, all these criticisms of Brady have now gone away because he's not on the pads and now he's on the books. Now, all of a sudden, none of these concerns, and I get that he has the weapons that he needs this year, uh, you know, but still, you know, it's like, I still think, even in the Bucks' offense, like, not having Gronk at his age, like, having Gronk at his age was a huge piece of that and I said that before you like the year that we went won the Super Bowl against the Rams like how vital that Gronk was and, and when he was gone that was that was a huge like it didn't matter what weapon we got I mean obviously if we got like not having Gronk you're not going to replace Gronk and so it was I think it was a very hard adjustment for Brady and McDaniels as, and, and the team as a whole so I think that is going to be the key like Mike Evans is like he's got and it's like if there's any knock we talked about this too the deep ball for Brady it's like that's the, that's the one thing, and it's like, well, you got Mike Evans. I mean, and you got Godwin, and they got a great team. Uh, what can't think of the tight end's name. Um, they, they have Cameron Braid and OJ Howard, but with those two guys, but with those two guys, just to, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. It's not like you're walking into Rob Gronkowski, but yeah, you're right too. Where it's now this whole question of can Jarrett's, and we're going to get to this, can Jarrett sit and be like Tom Brady? That's something I want to silence right now. It could be anyone replacing Tom Brady. You're not getting. You're not like. Hey, for all we know, Jared Stidham can win us six more Super Bowls, and, and Phil and I are content. But the like, it's like asking. I don't know. It was like in Indianapolis. I don't know if this is true or not. But I think everybody going in right away knew. Hey, Andrew Luck's not going to be Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers, for as great as Aaron Rodgers has been, you you knew he wasn't going to be what Brett Favre was. So for everybody saying, oh, well, Jared Stidham be like Tom Brady, stop. Stidham's going to be a good quarterback. I believe in Bill Belichick. But with the also, too, it's not like he's going to a proven Tampa Bay Buccaneers team where their line has serious questions. And the last time the Patriots' line was shaky, we saw him get put on his ass a lot and, and against Bucks, the Denver Broncos. And the Bucks, they actually are trying to address that. I, will, I'll, yeah. like, I just thought, I thought they are trying, they're, they're going all in. Um, I've heard rumors they expect him to play like three or four years. They're they're nuts. Um, and also, too, the other <laughs> thing I want to know is um, I don't do that. I'm sorry, Brady. Yeah. Brady's. I, I mean, Brady's gonna keep playing until he feels like he can't play anymore. Brady's gonna literally fall off the like. If this doesn't prove that, he's literally gonna be the one, like when he he's going to fall off the cliff when he's playing because he's not gonna quit. Oh, it's exactly. Just, as long as he's got Alex Guerrero by his side, he's yeah. not he's not quitting. He's not going anywhere. And one thing, I was trying to remember what... There was they also don't have a running game in Tampa. They do not have an established run game there. And to, um, who knows, even though for as good as Coach Bruce Arians is, Byron Leftwich is not 
Josh McDaniels. Literally what I you, like, it's like you literally what I was about to say. Because yeah. I was gonna say a lot of people are talking about can Brady win without Belichick? And yes, Brady has won without Josh McDaniels, but it was a totally different time. And it's like McDaniels is very vital to to him. And, and, and as much I'll criticize Daniel, McDaniels has done some calls, and I'm like, okay, bro. Like sometimes it's like, but he, it's like then he totally redeems himself with something else. So that's I mean all that all that factors in, you know. And it's like you know you can most of the time when you crown a team. It never works out. <laughs> it never works out good. Trust me. I've crowned. I've thought the Pats. You know. I've, I mean, I'm always going to be optimistic that we have a shot at the Super. And I'm not saying the Bucks don't have a shot. I'm not, I'm not getting to that. Um, I just think that. I mean, so that's, that's going to be a tough the NFC South in general. If the Falcons decide to wake up, you know, that all four, you know, and the Panthers obviously, you know, Bridgewater, I feel like is going to create that good spark for them. Um, you know, I know they have defense. Def- they'll have defensive issues this year as well. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, as far and I think here's the thing. If you think. One, Jared Stem's not going to be Tom Brady. So go ahead and, like you said, Griff, erase that from your mind. One, I don't want him to be Tom Brady. I want him to be Jared Stidham. If that's good. If he, if he sucks, he sucks. But if, that's, if, you, if the organization the has confidence... Sorry, I was just trying to get some audio up because uh, when you said uh, crown him, there was this one, um, there was one NFL press conference I want to play right now that... Um, they said they basically just made me think of that. Oh, I know what you're thinking yeah. of too. Let's just look at hear the audio from. Oh, wait, I gotta go back. That's why we took the damn field. Yeah. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were, and we let them go. We thought they were. Classic Dennis Green, R.I.P. But you don't. That's the thing with the NFC South this year. Carolina, like, you stole the words out of my mouth. Their defense is their huge question point right now. Especially, too, that Ron Rivera's not there. And you got Matt Rule, who's an offensive guy. So I don't know who their defensive coordinator is right now. Because also, too, with Carolina, their D.C. position has just been a carousel. Because you had Steve Wilkes. We had Sean McDermott, who's now the coach of the Bills. You had Steve Wilkes, who I think is out of a job now. Because he shit the bed in Arizona, which I, I really wasn't all for that hire when it happened for the Cardinals. And then he went to Cleveland and was a DC there. And Cleveland this year was just a meltdown. And then now I think he's out of a job. And then right now I want to look this up. Who's their defensive coordinator? But besides that, Cleveland, I'm not Cleveland. Carolina doesn't have a defense that's like really. Yeah, they like, lose no Luke. That's going to be a huge. I mean, that's, you're not just talking about. Luke. That's a big point. You lose an All Pro. You're losing a leader. Voice. Room, so yeah, it's not just the player itself. But one, going back while he's looking that up. Uh, one thing about Jared, like I said, if, if Jared Stems is your guy, I want the organization to back him. I want him to go, you know, give give him help, do everything, support him, give him the best position to win, and then go for You know, I, I think the best thing that can happen for Jared Stenham is for us to draft somebody behind, uh, like semi early to have. You know, in my, if it was up to me, it'd be Jalen Hurts, but you know, uh, it's probably not going to be. But uh, you know, someone like that, or even uh, I'm actually kind of even though he's got his faults, but Jake Fromm is from from Georgia is another good guy. But we'll talk about that in the draft. Yeah. But like I was saying, it's like that's like you need like give him give it to him because worst case scenario at the end of this year, if, it, if if he's not the guy, you go get your guy next year. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, that guy um, happens to have a nice head of hair from yeah, Cartersville, like Georgia. A player I would ever be okay with. The Pats signing. Um, but, no, I looked it up quickly. The Panthers, I think the Panthers this year are going to be that team where um, they have Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. But even, too, there's some question marks there because we all know, can Joe Brady bring that LSU offense and you're not going to make Teddy Bridgewater to Joe Burrow. And also, too, there's a huge difference between having successful offense in the NCAA and having a successful offense in the NFL. And also, too, the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers is Phil Snow, a new to the NFL. Why? Because he was in Temple and he was in Baylor, and now he's in Carolina. And guess who followed that pattern? Matt Rule. So it's Matt Rule. Matt Rule's bringing in his guy. And also, too, for our, um, I know a lot of people make them a joke about this, and I do too, but the Big 12 doesn't know how to play defense because every time the Big 12, like, it's always a shootout. And even I said this, too, when I was telling my family about the LSU-Oklahoma game, I knew LSU was going to blow them out, and I said, why? Oklahoma's in the Big 12. The Big 12 cannot play defense, and look what happened in that game. So, 
I think Carolina is going to be a very shoddy defensive team. So I think they're going to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is, well, actually, Pittsburgh had a good defense, but I think they'll be that similar record, that nine and seven, where I think they lose a couple games against teams they should win, but then they'll keep it close towards the end of the season. And so I think they'll be creeping right around the playoffs. Um, as for Atlanta, I think Atlanta, Atlanta's the same question. Atlanta's got two questions for me: their offensive line. And their defense, because their defense last year was has been banged up the last couple of seasons. But two, um, I think Carol, uh, not Carolina, with Atlanta. For Dan Quinn, it's either you win now or you're fired. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. like, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We got all month. We got all month. We got months to talk about the season. That's why I love the NFL because you can do so many what ifs, even though we are five months out from the start of the season. Hopefully, I'm keeping hope. That's September 10th. We're seeing football played at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, now on to the... And also to the one... Because now we're going to get into a lot of Patriots talk with Stidham. I was watching a first take clip this morning with Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, and Dan Orlovsky. And Orlovsky's been beating this drum of oh, they have the hardest schedule in the NFL. And to the... How about how many players they lost. He made f- losing Philip Dorsett like, seemed like it was on the same magnitude as Brady. I'm not cutting up Dorsett. I'm just saying that Dorsett last year, honestly, was kind of a piece. Like, even two people cutting up, like, Matt Lacoste and Nikhil Harry. Like, obviously, Matt Lacoste is not Gronk. No one's Gronk. It's like the same thing, too, comparing Stidham to Brady. Stidham is not Tom Brady. He's not going to go out there. He, I would love for Stidham to start making those Victory Monday videos when we win. But even two of them saying, like, oh, we lost Danny Shelton. We lost Kyle Van Noy. We still, I think, have one of the best secondaries in football with the McCourty Twins, Patrick Chung, and a little-known man from the Gamecock country who happened to win defensive player of the year, Gilmore. Yeah, we still got Gilmore. Like Dante Hightower. Hightower, Dietrich Wise Jr., Chase Winovich, Lawrence Guy. Um, I think they're going to be drafting some. There's some pretty good defensive players in this draft. I think Winovich is going to have a breakout year. I'm calling that for sure. Chase and, and, and the big the defense I'm not I'm not and see the thing is Sinem might not have to do it that that all that much yeah. you know it's like it you know the defense they kind of got their 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 uh their wake up call last year I think they're gonna go in motivated to say you know what we're not we're not gonna talk we're gonna we're gonna walk yeah. we're gonna just do we're gonna do what we need to do um, so I'm confident yeah. in the defense man I love that I love Hightower I love Gilmore I love all those players yeah. I also think um, too you're gonna sure. see. Um, the son of a coach making a lot more defensive play calls this year. I think Steve Steve Belichick's going to have a – he has a big significant role now, but I think he's going to be eventually – I don't know about grooming to become the head coach, but I think he'll – by the 2021 season, I think he's a defensive coordinator for the Patriots. That's a good – I mean, that's that's definitely a point you can make. Um, but – and also, Nikhil, Nikhil Harry for uh, – he like, he couldn't stay healthy. I feel like if a healthy office off season, if he can stay like I really I really like the potential that that he had that he brings. Um, and I'm crossing my fingers that he stays healthy and everything. That I think he is really because like, him and Brady when he was when he was on like I think it was still, he was still trying to figure out the system as well. Um, I think it was it was a little up there. Uh, not saying that he's not intelligent. I'm just saying like it was it was hard to kind of to, to get that chemo chemo. Uh, Chemistry with uh, with Brady, but I think I, I mean he'll have to get that with Sinem as well. But uh, I think it'll be good. I think I think he's gonna have a, a breakout year as well. We just need a tight. We gotta draft a tight end. We gotta draft a tight end. Oh, there's a son of a former Patriot who is uh, up for grabs. He'll probably be available in the third yes. or fourth round. Thaddeus yes. Moss. That that that, that is my guy. Sign it up. Championship. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the tight end I'm looking at because he's not gonna go early in the draft. He'll go a little bit later. But also too, um, with everybody saying too, like the whole oh. This Patriots team last year was this. This Patriots team last year was that. For all we know, that may just be, like, look at what Peyton Manning did towards the end of his career. We all knew that was not the same Peyton Manning, and that defense carried them to the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning also, like, look, he had Demarius Thomas on that team at that time. And also, too, with the Patriots offensively, the offensive line isn't changed. The only thing I hope, and I hope, and I say this because I love the man, is that David Andrews is healthy for this season because we lost Ted Karras, which, and even people were making a big deal out of that too. Ted Karras was not exactly your model center in the NFL. David Andrews, if healthy, is one of the best centers, and that is probably one of the most underrated positions in all of football, is the center. I agree. But you have him, you have Tooney. Hopefully we can get a full, healthy season out of Isaiah Wynn. Hopefully Marcus Cannon's back, and then Shaq Mason too, because this year too, that was the thing. They were having to play different combinations with offensive linemen. 
no matter what team you are, if your offensive line's not healthy, you simply are not winning football games. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah it starts. With, it starts with the. It, everyone says it starts with the line, offensive line and D line, and we need to get. That's one thing we need. We need a. This one thing, if the Pats have not ever really had, is a pass rush. Yeah. <laughs> or at least on a dom, like a, like Nick was a big part of that, but I mean, still linebackers. It's not like you know. So I mean, yeah. we need we. Well, we. I say that. But since Vince Wilford, we haven't had it. Yeah, um, we've so not had need, a nose tackle, good um, nose tackle in a while. So that's. Uh, we could just get a good a good guy back. Even though Malcolm Brown's not bad, but he's in New Orleans now, though. But yeah, no, Malcolm Brown actually he he was good for the Patriots, and then he did have a good year too with the Saints. Um, the other thing I want to point out quickly is um, for everybody saying that oh Kyle Van Noy like leader in the locker room, sure he was, but you know who we also have for that? We had still have Devin McCourty, who we can arguably make that Devin McCourty had more big time plays than Kyle Van Noy. And like I said too, the most important and most unnoticed signing is Matthew Slater, who is the drumbeat to that special teams, who every time there is a kickoff or a punt, he's right in there. And also, too, I still think the Patriots do have Mohamed Sanu as well, so who knows if we can get a, we'll probably get a full season out of him back healthy. We still got Julian Edelman. We still have a very good running game attack with um, Julian, I was about to say Julian Edelman again, James White, Sonny Michelle, and Rex Burkhead. And also, too, I want to see how the fullback situation plays out with uh, Dan Vitale and also, too, because I... Part of me thinks that James Devlin is not... I, there is something up with him if they made that fullback signing. But the one big loss that actually probably hit me second most to uh, Brady was losing Goskowski. One of the yeah, best was... and most consistent kickers in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. Not even just in the NFL general, in NFL history. Yeah, that was kind of rough to see why they decided to move on to him with him now uh, after surgery. But I guess they just wanted to, They just felt this was the time. And, you know, you know, Bill likes to get rid of them before they drop off, so... <laughs> hey, look, for all we know this year, like if Tom goes out there and has a bad year, the whole Bill Belichick was the reason why you're winning narrative will follow him for the rest of his life, not just career, but it will always have that. He'll always have that. You should have never left. But then, too, if he goes off and does well, then we just know Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, which I still think he is. I'm just saying that changes nothing changes that. But yeah, no, nothing changes the narrative on him. Um, the other thing too with the Patriots for. Everyone making big deals about, like, oh, the New York Jets did this. Also, too, that's another point with the Carolina Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater has a good weapon to throw to in Robbie Anderson now. Like, the Jets, sure, you got Sam Darnold, but I want to look up your guys' receiving core because I really don't know who's going to be catching balls for from uh, Mr. IC Ghost Sam Darnold. The only team I see, I see Miami making a little bit of noise if they do here's, get to it. Okay. The AFC East is the same problem every year when we've had down years. You can beat us maybe once out of the tw- – you're not you're not sweeping us. I don't even know the last time that that's happened. Um, I think we talked about it. It's been a while. And But it's like you, you're going to get you're gonna get your win, but are you beating teams that you should be beating? Like in order to win – like that's – it's like like you got the Bills. The Bills did a little bit of that this year, but it's like they, they, you, know, you have your big winning as a pass. But then I feel like – now it's back in our corner. Like you have all the confidence because you should. You should be the favorite going in, not us. You should be. Uh, yeah, technically we're the favorites because we've won the AFCs for uh, for a, a long time in a row. Every um, season years, since two thousand and nine. And then it was only twice since uh, when Brady played. So um, one he got hurt, and the other one Chad Pennington and the Jets barely squeaked out and beat us. But um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, AFC East is still put up or like put up. Like I'm not. I would. Anyone putting their faith on the Bills, Dolphins, or Jets are all just hopes. Like their fans should. I, 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 you know. But anyone else like thinking that okay, this is the end, um, and Belichick's gonna come on a mission, man. I'm telling you. I just. I know. I. The, the thing about the whole Brady move, it, it's not been about like I'm not worried about us. We'll get it figured out. I'm not worried. Bill's gonna get it figured out. He's too good not to. Um, I'm not worried about that. Because um, if Sims that bad, don't think Belichick won't be like, like boom and move on to something. I mean, don't think he won't because he would uh, if he if, if 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 it got to that level. But it's more so just that not Brady will no longer be in a Pats uniform. It's more it's more about that than it is uh, about our team. Um, the one thing I want to say too about the uh, wide receiving core for the New York Jets, the only players that stick up to me is Baxton Barrios because he was drafted by the Patriots, Jamison Crowder who had an okay year. Josh Doxson, who's been okay, and then uh, Quincy Anua. Anua, yeah. 
which they've had forever. There's no one on there that you look at as an, oh my God. The reason why I look at the Buffalo Bills and go, okay, is because they got Stephon Diggs in that trade. Yeah, that, and that was smart. That's what the Bills need to do. If you want to go, like, you build, don't don't roll over when the Pats lose Brady. Keep adding and keep getting better. So I, I do give the props where, the, uh, where they belong. And the Bills went out and said, no, we got to get better. Just because Brady left does not mean we automatically are the favorites to win this division. We've got to keep going. So that's that that's that's what you got to do. Because that's you know, what... the Bills. You know, Allen's got to get better. He's got to progress. No. Uh, there's a lot there, and you know, Dolphins. What do they do? Is two going to be their starter with, if they get him? Um, and with this non looking at it, I mean, it, there's a lot. Like, I can honestly, I went to say this earlier, but I can honestly see two. Like, I could see the Dolphins deciding. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wait. I don't know. Like. I know people are calling, would call me crazy, but I'm just—I don't know, man. I don't know. There's one thing I want to say quickly about the whole Tua thing. Um, I was listening. I just, like I say, and now I do this when I'm at work, and I do this now because I've got a lot of free time. Because guess who's off work for the foreseeable future? Me. Um, the Dolphins have too much draft stock, and I think someone look at the whole. Because I know too, like you know, how there's all those reports that the Saints were targeting Patrick Mahomes in 2017. I okay. think that. If you like, I think something similar is going to happen where after Chase Young goes three, Detroit's phone's going to be ringing, going, What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? So you could get a fringe team coming in there to scoop up Tua. And Miami, I think you, they, Miami's got three first round picks. Remember, they've got Pittsburgh's and they've got Houston's. Right. I think Miami has too much. I think Miami. If you're if you are Miami, I don't think you can sit pretty at five and move up and sit pretty at five and get them. I think you've got to move up to three with Detroit. I, that's what I, I, if you want to get Tua, that's what you want to do. I think Miami, though. I remember hearing that Stephen Ross really wants Burrow, which for as good as Joe Burrow is, we don't know if that's a one season wonder. Like, look at all the college quarterbacks coming out who had promise and then fizzled out. Matt Leinart with USC, Vince Young with Texas. Jamarcus Russell, LSU. There's a lot of that college quarterbacks who end up fizzling out, in, and Heisman winners too. Like, look at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow had an okay career, that one good year with Denver, but then after that it was just shaky, which I was beating the drum of Denver should have kept him and had Manning mentor him, but instead they decided to ship him off because LA got greedy. But I, that's what I think. I just think that the Dolphins, they, if they want Tua, you got to go up and do it. You just can't sit pretty at five. That's why I think, too, um, I think trades are going to happen if there's a player that you really want to really get. But but at the same time, too, th- th- this is an interesting NFL draft now, too. Not for only the talent, but for the – you don't know exactly what GMs are thinking. Right, and that's, and that's what I was saying. With the, like, the question marks were already on Tua. Now that you're not able to do even more research, like are you going to take that? And I understand the upside for Tua is they're probably, when you're drafting, the Dolphins are willing to take that risk. Um, so I'm probably going to end up being wrong in that sense. But I, I could see, I would not be shocked if the Dolphins decided to say, okay, maybe we don't maybe we don't want to put all this in here without knowing. Um, but they probably are going to because it's about trying to, to, to be the team to, to finally dethrone the Pats uh, in the AFC. So they're probably going to go, like I'm, you know, Miami hasn't done, all the smart stuff lately. So um, Miami has like they. I feel like they're New England South though, with the amount of like because they have Brian Flores there, and he's probably going to the GM, being like, "Okay, we should get Kyle Van Noy. We should get Alan Roberts. We should get uh, Ted Karras." Miami, for me, like everyone's saying, they're making moves, and sure, they had a good year uh, because going five and eleven was a lot better than the two and fourteen or one and fifteen people thought they were going to be. But with the Miami Dolphins. Like, there's still big question marks surrounding that team because we don't know what they're going to be. If they can play their cards right and get three really good players, I think they need a big-name receiver. I know they got Devontae Parker, but they have that really good... Um, uh, Gusecki, the tight end, out of, Penn, yeah. out, of Penn, out of Penn State. I think if you can add in, and also, too, they got to upgrade their running game because they were stupid to let Kenyon Drake go to Arizona for practically nothing. And I know I, I'm going to be banging that Arizona Cardinal drum all year long, and I will go down to that ship if they have a crappy season. But I don't <laughs> expect it. I do not expect it. I just, I don't know why. Like, the Arizona Cardinals, like, you know that, you know that kid that's eating lunch by himself that you feel bad for? That's what I view the Cardinals as. 
That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, like they're that, they're that kid you feel they're that that team you feel sorry for. Where it's like, I want you, to, I want to see you shine. I want to see you prosper. But damn it, you're kind of bad. Yeah. Um, or it's like an, a toxic ex girlfriend where it's like I should break up with you, but I'm not gonna break up with you. Not gonna text you. I'm not gonna text you. Yeah. I'm not gonna. T- it's like yeah. Um. But my. my uh, Miami needs to have a good draft. I think if Miami has a crappy draft, it's going to look really bad on the organization and the rebuild. And I think the rebuild will be at least on pause for another year. Um, the only other thing I got to say too, uh, Buffalo. I think you got to. I'm trying to think who their running back is outside of Frank Gore. I got to look this up. Um, if people are asking me why, um, I would love to hire a stats person. If you want to do stats for me for free, just uh, holler. Basically, we'll just get someone and we tell them, hey, I need this to be looked up and you can look it up for us. Uh, we're now accepting resumes. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, so they have Patrick DeMarco. They have De- Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary was good for them. Frank Gore is gone, so that's that. You got Cole Beasley, John Brown, Stephon Diggs. Uh, at tight end, you got Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft, who are two good uh, tight ends. Uh, I didn't realize I had Mitch Morse on the... Uh, John Okay, I'm trying to think about what exactly the Bills need for the draft because they have uh, they don't have a pick until 54th, but then they have 86 and they got two in the fifth and three in the sixth. Um, Buffalo's the same thing where I feel like too if they're um, sorry, I just got a text. It's just going to be an interesting year with the AFC East. I feel like the AFC East it's no longer going to be that it's going to be the Patriots' year, but if the Patriots find Golden Jared Stidham. I'm not going to be sitting here being like, I told you so, but... I told you so. Like, for everybody too asking me, Oh, Griff, are you done being a Pats fan? No. <laughs> not a chance. Not a not chance. i I've been preparing for life without Brady for a long time. Like, I've been always asked, oh, are you going to be a fan after he leaves? Oh, what's it going to be like when they're bad? I said, look, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We've been very lucky to have all this winning success. But even to for people to go, oh, be having the ups and downs of a Patriots fan, like, there are no downs. The downs happen when your team underperforms, like this season, like seasons prior when we got to the AFC Championship game and lost. Because, look, even though we had all that record... Records of going to the AFC Championship game for, I think, seven consecutive years. There's pressure that comes with that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And also, too, for the people that are saying that the NFL, like what I was saying earlier about Dan Orlovsky seeing the Patriots have a tough schedule, I think it's spaced out properly, where I hope this year it's not like, oh, the first eight weeks are tough and then the real tests come in November. I prefer it that, and the Patriots do better when this happens, but... When they get tested in September and October is when they know that they can be better. When it's November and December, we kind of saw that they kind of buckled. Um, but yeah, also too, there is one uh, predict. You know how we did the predictions a few weeks ago I, on the last show? There's actually one that I have right now. What's that? I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East and be a good team this year. I think they're going to win at least uh, win t- more than 10 games. Let's just hope, <laughs> unless it's anything like WrestleMania 32, but we'll go there. Yeah. Every time I think of Dallas, I think of that stupid stadium. Yeah. But anyways, uh, they have the potential, Griff. I mean, yeah. they, they have it. They It's it's there. It was there last year. They have the talent. They have everything else. Now they got their coach. They have no excuse now. They I have think, your coach. No excuse. I Dallas just, should be easily 11-win team. Easily. Yeah. The only easily. thing I would have to say about them is, though, but they won't be because they're Dallas. They no, always they, are. they won't be. I, I'm just coming out here and making that bold statement because you don't know if Philly's healthy. Uh, the Giants are still rebuilding. I think the Giants' ceiling's five wins, and I think the Redskins' ceiling is six wins. Um, and also, too, that's also to help because the Giants, outside of Saquon Barkley, don't really have any other offensive weapons. And because I would say Evan Ingram, but Evan Ingram cannot could not stay healthy in 2019. So if he can stay healthy, we'll see. And also, too, they have a new head coach. But with the Dallas Cowboys, too, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure under Jerry Jones and Amari Cooper. Why I don't say Dak? Because, look, Dak got franchise tags. Whatever Dak does, Dak does. But if Jerry Jones, um, if Dak Prescott goes out there and lights the world on fire and's going, where's my money? 
and say if he performs like a $30 million quarterback and they go, oh, we're going to franchise you again, Dak's going to be gone by 2022. There's no doubting that. But, and also to Lamari Cooper, because you signed a receiver who, and Miguel said this on episode 10, you signed a guy who, or not, he didn't sign a guy, but you're going to have a guy where he's kind of inconsistent with his drops. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, besides that, the only other signings I wanted to talk about, and also too because they got Greg Zerline because that's he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. That's another reason too with the Rams. Who's going to be kicking for the Rams in 2020? We don't know. Um, sure. The only other things I want to point out quickly is I like the Melvin Gordon signing in Denver. Him and Philip Lindsay. I think I think one of them will eventually in 21 will not be playing for the Broncos. I think this year is kind of a Melvin Gordon. Hey, go prove yourself so next year you can get paid. And two, the other reason why I still like the New Orleans Saints over the Brady Buccaneers, Emmanuel Sanders going to the Saints. Huge sign, yeah. Very huge sign for them. Huge. Like, think about it. You can decoy him. So, like, because this year, you know, teams are going to be, who have the Saints on their schedule, are going to be reading Michael Thomas, like me, reading for a science exam. And I say that because that was one of my weakest subjects in high school. But two, where it's like, oh, we have Emmanuel San- We have Michael Thomas. Oh, hey, cool. Here's Emmanuel Sanders zipping down the middle, zipping down the side of the field on a nice uh, wideout slant route. Like you got him. You still got Jared Cook. You like I don't need to say anything more about Michael Thomas. Like Michael Thomas, I'm still making the like, proclamation he's be going number two in the draft behind Christian McCaffrey. Which that's another Bridgewater, McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson. That's a good trio to have on your team. Also, uh, Carolina needs a tight end because they lost Greg Olson. Um, and also, too, if Alvin Kamara stays healthy this year, I think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. They can finally get over that hump. That hump is killing them right now. Uh, I'd love to see it for for Drew. I mean, I, would, uh, I really, would, really, really would like to see him finally get over that hump. But at the same time, I'm like, quit, like, quit whining, Saints, about the fact that you, oh, we allegedly got screwed twice. Like, get out of here. Like, move on and go win. Like, just move on and go win. Like, like it's going to hold you up every year if you don't. You have the team. You're wasting the few last few years you have with Breeze. Go get it done. Yeah, because, like, the and first... A lot of Saints fans are like that, too, now. It's like, okay, can we quit? I mean, I understand they're upset as well, but they're like, like, let's go. Um, Because they think that, like, they got screwed, but the Minneapolis miracle was them shooting themselves in the foot because, let's be honest, I was blowing coverage on digs. Um, 2019, they did get screwed. And then 2020 against Minnesota... It was the same thing too, but also too. That's the other thing. They still got taste. They, they got screwed. I agree. Yeah, but they still had a shot to win that game. That game was not over at that point. The game was not over. No, it's, so I don't like. I still like. I understand the whole like mentality thing, but like I don't. I don't buy that when the game still has a chance to to, to continue. If that was the final game play of the game, I totally get it. And yes, it was a horrible call. And it yes, if the call gets made, their their odds are they're winning. But still, like, okay, it got made, bounce back, win, and then that call is irrelevant. We don't even talk about that call anymore. Like, maybe analyzing the game, but now we're going to talk about it forever because you didn't finish the job. <laughs> so, like, you could have still won it. So, so just throwing it out there because a lot of people like to, like to hang on stuff like that. But Like, you know how salty, well, I'm not going to call salty, you know how people who straight up hate the Patriots said that, oh, hey, the AFC Championship game was over, they intercepted it, but they were offside, or that was not roughing the passer on Tom Brady. The one thing they don't talk about is Tom Brady being unstoppable and converting three third downs in overtime to lead New England down the field to win the game. If it. you, if the Saints had gone down the field and won the game or held the like, and also do the one thing that people forget now because of that blown call, Drew Brees threw an interception in overtime. Sure did. Yeah, he did. Drew That's did. They had all chances to win that game. They had a chance to win yeah. that game. Like if they didn't have another shot, like. As much as I can't stand it as a Pats fan, because it is what, like, obviously I'm super biased in the situation, so I totally admit that. But with the Raiders thing, at least the Raiders can say, okay, the game's over at that point. If they get the ball, it's over. So at least they have that. In this scenario, the Saints don't have, the game's not over. You still have the ball, chance to win the game. So, I mean, and it's, it's also, just, you know. The other thing I was going to say, too, though, and it's not like, oh, with that game, uh, 
Yeah, it's like you're right saying. It's not like it was, let's say, I think the final was 26 to 23. It's not like you were down three or you're down by a touchdown. You have to get a touchdown to win the game or tie. At that point, I'm pretty sure the game was either tied or I'm gonna look. I gotta look at stuff. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta go to my. I gotta go to my trusty, trusty iPhone. My brand. I should say brand new iPhone. Uh, iPhone 11 that I got a couple months back. Product placement. <laughs> Shout out Apple. <laughs> They're not a sponsor though. <laughs> They're not a sponsor. Apple wants to sponsor us. Just hit me yeah. up, Apple. Um, yeah, let's see this here. AFC Championship. Championship games. Uh, okay, so in that game, that fi- that the field goal that they ended up settling for because they got the no call actually put New Orleans ahead, and right. then two minutes later, the Rams tied the game. The offense was insane. Yeah, because the Rams offense just clicked and turned it up. The same, they went nine play nine plays, forty five yards in a minute twenty six with fifteen seconds left on the clock. When the Saints kicked that field goal, it was a minute 41 left in the game. So, if the Saints defense... So, say, for example, if yeah, the they, Saints... It's over. If the Saints defense goes out there, holds the Rams, doesn't let them score, it's seen as the they overcame this horrible call to win the game. But now it's just all about the call. It's like... It's like uh, um, this like The Saints fans with that call is like... It's not obviously as big. But remember, and I'm pretty sure you told me you were at this game... But the Monday Night Football 2013 Carolina-New England, when yep. Rob Gronkowski was obviously interfered with by Keekly in the end zone, I remember everyone in my house had gone to bed, so I'm literally trying to scream like, that's when I began to hate Clay Blakeman, that they were screwed because you know that, oh, it's just, oh, the game's over. Like, there was no calls. You could tell Brady was getting in his face, and Blakeman was just like, oh, whatever. And even to Blakeman's had a lot of bad calls since. But it's the same sort of thing. With that game, I always remember, P- Patriots got screwed. Yeah, I was at the game, <laughs> but 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 people forget. I, I'm, my memory's not the best, but I, I seem like I remember like we went three and out like soon before, like our last drive before that. If I'm not mistaken, that would have to be something I look up. But I, it seems like I remember that, and I'm like, hey, we had a chance to win it then, but we couldn't win it then. So it's like you still can you can still point to stuff, which I agree. Yeah, it was pass interference, 100. percent I was there, and I was upset about it because I was surrounded with freaking Panthers yeah. fans. So. But uh, but yeah. Anyways, I, I can ramble on on and on about that kind of stuff. But the point is, is, you gotta you gotta put up or shut up. Yeah. The next year, you gotta just shut up and move on. That's gonna be the big question for the Saints this year. It's, it's, it's gonna be put up or shut up. Um, but I think Reese has it in him. That's why I have faith in Drew Brees. I think he has it in him. I really do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and also to the way that that city embraces that team and everything, like it's like the same thing too. It's like they've got the weapons now. You want to see them do well. You want them to go out there and perform. Um, the only other question I had for you is. Um, going back to the one buy system, if the one buy is in place this year, I don't think that Patriots' loss to the um, Dolphins is as emphasized. That's true. I mean, because you know it doesn't mean. I mean, the two and three, you know. So, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, well, I guess I mean, two. You play. You would have played the Steelers versus. I mean, we would have been fine. Probably let's see. We would have played the same team, right? I guess we would have still played the Titans, right? Uh, if we finished second, we would have played the Steelers. If we finished third, hey, we right. still would have played Tennessee. And even in that game, too, like everyone's going to remember, oh, Brady's pick six, but there were plays in that game earlier where we straight up had chances to convert and score, but we could not like, convert on third people, down. But no one remembers that. People are going to have a field day with their pick six, but that game was over. <laughs> that game yeah. was over. I know with Brady, they're always thinking there's 15 seconds left, the game is over. Yeah, like but as soon as... have a Hail Mary miracle. Yeah. It's like, and they're going to... I mean, obviously the pick six doesn't make it look good at all, but... Um, we couldn't score one point. Don't, I don't want to get started on the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just not. Let's just not. <laughs> we'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that being said, guys, thank you very much for listening. Episode 13, draft content coming out soon. Hopefully we have the schedules. Um, we're going to have, uh, I was going to say a draft preview show, but then a mock draft, but I figured it'd be stupid to do two separate episodes for that. So we're just going to do a mock draft and a preview a preview episode. So basically the two combined. Probably within, um, I'm going to say episode... I'm not going to say episode number, but I'm going to say it's going to be recorded probably about a week or two before the... Not a week or two. It's going to be recorded a week or a couple days before the draft. But until then, guys, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, and leave your house only if you need to. And also, too, I just want to thank quickly, basically, any first responders listening to this and people like Phil who honestly have to go out there and risk themselves to... 
make a paycheck. Not all of us, all not all of us are lucky to have to stay home during this time. Like some people have to go into work still. Yep, that's right. And uh, don't come. Listen, I work at Target and it's paying my bills. But don't come out if you don't have to. Like, come on. Like, come out, get your stuff if you need to. I'm not saying don't put it in, in that regard, but you should have your stuff by now. So, so we'll see you guys later and wash your hands. Yeah, be safe. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.